Welcome to the Heart of Real Estate Podcast with Mike McFarlane and Stephen Salinas with the Mortgage Mike Group. On the podcast, Mike and Stephen discuss with top producing real estate agents what makes them successful, unique, and purpose-filled. Each episode holds a key to unlocking the door to financial freedom. You, my friend, um, I just, and I say this from just my heart and just getting to know you over the last month or two, and you're just an amazing man. So Tom Cervoni. Yeah. Um, you're gosh. Yeah. Like I told Steven the other day, I was like, every time Tom speaks, I'm, I want to take notes and gold is just dropping, <laughs> dropping out. It's like, Oh my gosh, I got to pick that up. Um, so Tom, tell us a little bit about yourself. First of all, thank you for that. Uh, yeah. I'm Tom Cervoni, broker owner, Camelot Realty Group, uh, family owned Christian based boutique firm that my wife, Melanie and I started together. Yeah. Um, we're fortunate to have two of our three daughters working with us in the business. <clears throat> and in addition, we've got 45 or 50 uh, agents that that God put in place and we're a really yeah. uh, dynamic team in that it's everything we do is based on Proverbs 3, 5 and 3, 6. Okay. It starts with trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not on no understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him and shall direct thy paths. Excuse me. <clears throat> and he has. Um, and we we honor him with the way we treat our clients and the way we interact with each other. Um, we believe, again, what the Bible says, that iron sharpens iron. Yes. So we try to align ourselves with strategic business partnerships mm. that strengthen what we do. And so it's a nice smooth baton when we're working with a client that wants a recommendation for a title company, an attorney, a mortgage lender. Right. Yeah. Um, we try to stay in our lane. And we feel like that's, something that strengthens somebody when they're self-actualized. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My job as the coach and the trainer of the team is to uh, help people work on their weaknesses and then complement their strengths. Yeah. So we've been very blessed to have a, a company that's over the last 25 years has thrived. You know, we could talk about prosperity, but I'll say we're a successful group. Um, I've heard a lot of compliments from, from my uh, peers in the industry about what we do and how we do it. And, I think the term that describes this best is unique, mm -hmm. uh, but okay. that uniqueness came from uh, I would agree a lot of pitfalls in that every time the market changes, um, we've we've adapted. Yeah, brought it to God and said, "Okay, what do you want us to do? How do we go from here?" Uh, market collapse of two thousand and eight, tech collapse in ninety nine, uh, Harvey, uh, COVID, mm -hmm. and every time we have thrived. Now again, sometimes that's prosperity, but it's always successful. So mm -hmm. we know that success is the precursor for prosperity every single time. Yeah. It's never the other way around. Right. So when we're interviewing new agents or we're talking to clients, we want to talk to them about what does success look like to you Right on. in this yeah. relationship? What, yeah. What would you say would be successful? We have a, um, a term lose the deal. Don't lose the client, put the client first which is, by the way, our fiduciary relationship responsibility right. for mm -hmm. our clients, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we lose sight of that. But we've all got to eat. Yeah. So, you know, in that win, 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 win scenario, we put the client first and then and then we focus on if the deal's not right, walk away, save the client. Yeah. Be that professional to that person. So as we do that and build relationships, God keeps opening doors and, and the right people, the right builders, the right lead gen platforms, the right agents, the right lenders, they just appear. It's not even much of an effort when yeah. you put success first. Mm. You 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 told us um, a story about you and your wife when you 25 years ago, right? 
um, how did you guys just get started in, 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 so yeah, it's a family, right? family background, a, well, right? Yeah. My dad was a builder. So I was, yeah. I've been in the real estate business my entire life, third year of college. I got my first real estate license and awesome. Um, for those viewing at home, that's a long time ago, <laughs> uh, 1979. So I've been doing this for a little bit. Uh, my wife was in a different industry when we met and we got in real estate together, working for another broker who, uh, you know, you can look back and apply Romans 828, but I'll just tell you that we couldn't understand why we got fired. We were running a condominium development in downtown Houston. I thought successfully. And he called me into the office one day, my broker and friend, uh, and said, uh, we'll let you go. And I said, really? <laughs> um, our youngest daughter, Hannah, was uh, about two years old. We just bought a new home in Bel Air, which is nice. Big acquisition. And right. Even back then. What at night, laying in bed, how are we going to make the payment next month? But trusting in God. Yeah. And um, we got fired. Not only did my wife and I get fired, our middle daughter, Ashley, who works with us, is also a broker and runs about two thirds of the company, um, was running the front desk and she got fired as well. So the whole family packed a little box. Wow. Got in the car and drove home. And on the way home, uh, there was not a word spoken in that 30 minute drive. And we got in the driveway before anybody got out of the car. I just looked at my daughter and my wife and I said, guys, I'm going to make you one promise. I don't know what this looks like, but no one will ever have the opportunity to fire us again. Right on. I said, we're going to petition God and see what he wants us to do. <laughs> yeah. We would sell cars, sell Dairy Queen, or I, you know, whatever, but we're going to wake up with a new vision. And we did. And we, we all went to lunch at Jason's Deli on Shepherd and Westheimer. And uh, we sat down and God just put it on my heart to form our own company. And it was just the three of us. It was my, my wife who had a, a license, my daughter, Ashley, who did not have a license. In fact, she was still in first year of college, I think at, at university of Houston. And her job was working the front desk at a, at a high rise power that we were representing. So I said, here we go. And we um, came up with the name Camelot. My dad was a builder before he passed. Uh, and the name of his company was Camelot Homes. Okay. On the east side of Detroit. Okay. Built thousands of homes. And so um, called my dad that afternoon. I says, hey, dad, you mind if I uh, use the name of your building company to form a real estate company? He says, well, first of all, he says, I didn't invent the name Camelot. He said, and um, you're more than welcome to use it. Yeah. But he picked the name Camelot um, for his company because it's... Uh, demonstrative of King Arthur and the Round Table. Mm -hmm. And so we believe that everybody that walks in the door has an equal seat. There's no head of the table. Yeah. Mm. My wife and I don't boast about being the broker, the owner. If you ask me, yes. If you know that, great. But I work for my agents. Mm -hmm. As a real estate broker, I believe it's imperative that I provide the three things that are most critical to an agent. And we could use the word training, but I'll substitute that with wisdom. Okay. Because there's all kinds of training. Right. And there's training we don't need. There's training we don't like. And most of us don't like the word training. Mm -hmm. But we grasp the word wisdom, and we know how to apply that to our life in most cases. Right. So it's my job to, to provide wisdom through training and coaching. Uh, and that breaks down into a lot of categories. That's educational. That's transactional. That's always practical application. So wisdom. Um, number two, leads or a lead source or opportunities. And then number three, a good pay plan. So 
as we as we try to do that, the round table becomes more and more important so that it doesn't matter where you come from. Mm -hmm. You sit at the table, you bring something to the table, and then, then we go from there. But when we formed a company, we had literally no business, no buyers, no sellers, nothing. Right. And so, you know, <laughs> that was a big leap of faith, you know, Proverbs <laughs> 3, 5, trust in the Lord. Well, we had no choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's nothing else to <laughs> trust in. And so my <laughs> wife and I invented a prayer. I think I shared that with you guys one of the first times we met. And I think that's where yeah. we're going with this. Yeah. Is um, we would leave the house every morning. Um, we had to, we, in fact, our first office was a P.O. box on this and that. We thought that looked like an office. So, but we prayed every day. Uh, Lord, put the people in our life you'd have us deal with. Take the people out of our life you'd not have us deal with. We'll give you all the honor, all the glory, all the praise in Jesus' name. And unlike Lot's wife, we will not look back. Yeah. If something great happens, thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. If something bad happens, as hard as it is to say, and it is hard to say in the flesh, yeah. thank you, Jesus. So at yeah. the end of the day, I think um, that prayer sustained us when we would get up and go to work. And where are we going today? Wow. And what are we going to do today? Mm -hmm. And then doors started opening. And uh, to this day, it uh, never ceases to amaze me, the doors that open. Yeah. Uh, our youngest daughter, Hannah. Uh, who's our systems and operations director, was at a meet and greet with a uh, chairman of a board of one company and a meet and greet with the bank and was at the River Oaks Country Club. I walked in for five minutes to say hello, walked out. Ten minutes later, uh, a big builder walks in, makes an acquaintance with my daughter, Hannah. We're now starting to move forward with them. That's so great. That was not the That's intent so of that <laughs> meet and greet. Mm -hmm. yeah. We were going there to support somebody who we know yeah. uh, in a new role, um, and it, and it turned out to open a door like that. So wow. it was just, you know, my daughter, Hannah calls it the elevator pitch of, of Camelot Realty. Uh, we do three things, uh, I think, uh, uniquely. And with those three things, um, caught the ear of somebody that was in the room, Yeah, small room, 10 by 12. Um, some more d'oeuvres were being passed around. Everybody was sipping on some wine and somebody overheard what she said, walked over, made an introduction, zoom call, phone call. Gosh. meeting yesterday and literally they told us after two hours that they wanted us to take over their building portfolio which wow probably thank is another 50 or 60 homes over the next 12 months thank you jesus has no idea right exactly yeah <laughs> where did that come yeah where did that come from, it comes from the prayer, right? <laughs> trust but, but it also yeah. i think it also comes from um the fact that the lord knows mm -hmm. and now houston yeah. knows yeah that we put our clients first yeah. One of the things we can boast about uh, at Camelot, and it's the whole team. It's not. It's not me. I. I really don't even produce anymore. I uh, create relationships, put equity together, meet builders, train train the team. But um, you, you know, when you when you talk about a team that's been together for twenty five years, that's never been sued. Gosh. Never has sued. Wow. No grievances have been formed against us that we haven't been exonerated of. Um, we're not litigious. Uh, we don't let Satan's world of money control our destiny. If somebody wants to get an argument over something, I just get out my checkbook and say, how much you want? Yeah. What's the number? Yeah. Get earnest money plus what? Just, and, and we just, we, we try to resolve it right then and there. So right. we don't, mm -hmm. we don't get into the weeds on that stuff. Uh, we run a clean ship. We don't tolerate um, anything but a very, very high level of, of success. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that comes by training our agents to be experts. And I can only do that by infusing wow. worldly knowledge 
layered on top of biblical wisdom. Yeah. And then they perform at a different level. Yeah. Um, if you read the reviews of, of a lot of our agents, that, that resonates. Mm-hmm. And there's a constant thread and a theme that goes through that. And um, I'd like to say I'm a big part of it, but I'm not. I'm I'm like the fishing guy that says, throw the line over there. But they throw right. the line and catch the fish. So, right. um, so I mean, that's just what yeah. I feel like my role is. Yeah. And uh, God's blessed us. He also knows that we're going to tithe and give. Mm-hmm. We're going to do mission work. Mm-hmm. We're going to... Um, we're going to give of what he's provided. And when you do that, you sort of put God in the box. He says, challenge me on this. Yeah. Give and see what I will do. Mm. And so we don't do it for that reason. We do it because it's, it's an abundance. Right. Yeah. From that, from that first day when we formed our company, Jason's deli scrambling to figure out how to make the next house payment to now going on mission trips and helping people build churches and, bring medicine and food and clothing. It's an unbelievable honor. It's an unbelievable um, responsibility. Um, and it's a blessing. Gosh, so wow. Everybody at our yeah. firm, I believe, is, is blessed in this way. Now, you can come to Camelot if you're Muslim, Jewish, atheist, agnostic, Christian. It's all good. You come and you'll be blessed, period. Right. If you if you work the way we yeah. uh, instruct and coach, yeah. Yeah. Uh, work on the right team, uh, you'll be blessed. It's just that's what God does. We mm. can't wait to do it again. It reminds me of Joseph, right? The bl- yeah. like Joseph blessed. I'm mean, God's got me just in this in in Joseph right now. Um, but no matter what the circumstances were, blessings flowed out of him. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and regardless, as Egyptians, it was you know whoever bondage. whoever yeah, yeah bondage everybody yeah. around him From was blessed family. by that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, Joseph's a great story. And, yeah. And there's. You know, all kinds of great stories, both Old and New Testament. But the greatest story is just us sitting here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of mortgage guys sitting around with real estate guys. And, you know, they're having a drink somewhere. And mm-hmm. the last thing they're talking about is how to honor God or build their business. Mm-hmm. Right now, everybody's talking about the market slow. And, you know, there's there's fear running rampant. And, and it's such a joke because it's just, it's so, it's so of the world right. and not of God. Mm-hmm. God's not surprised by what's happening. Right. He's not fearful. Mm-hmm. He's not wondering, oh boy, what's going to happen with the market? Yeah. That, that's, that's not, not hurried, it. not hurried. Oh, and he's patient and he's sitting back just watching how we respond. And the problem is, I think I think fear takes place when we're wrapped up in the physical world, you know, wrapped up in the prosperity component of business. Yeah. But if we really put success first, then, then fear has no place. If we get busy, we'll be productive. Everybody thinks productivity and, and prosperity go together, but if you're not busy first, mm-hmm. so what does busy look like? Get your CE classes done. Join a gym if you put on a few extra pounds because you've made so much money in the past two years. Right. Uh, whatever that looks like, get a coach, get a mentor, listen to some podcasts, get ramped up spiritually, get ramped up physically, get yourself ready, new CRM, maybe, maybe take on a new... Uh, avenue of doing business expand yourself you know in the book who moved my cheese the little mouse who ran around looking for new cheese thrived yeah got stronger and that was in a a drought basically right right so um you know that that's what we're talking about you know the the bible talks one of the great scriptures in the bible says i give you not the spirit of fear but of love of power and of a sound mind Mm -hmm. well he doesn't give us the spirit of fear who does well, that's of the world. Right. And so Satan yeah. wants to paralyze us from doing anything through fear. I know Christian people that don't tithe because they're afraid to tithe. Well, if I tithe, then I can't see. Okay, wait a second. 
if you don't take a leap of faith there, mm -hmm. then you're going to be paralyzed to do anything. When For us who are straight commission, um, fear will keep us from producing. Right. Right. <clears throat> so true. COVID came. Here's a great example. COVID comes. I'll never forget COVID because my family was on vacation in California. And we flew to California, sort of hearing about the pan. It wasn't even, it was called the coronavirus. The coronavirus, right? yeah. I didn't even know <laughs> right. pandemic. <laughs> so we were in California. I'll never forget it because we left on March 7th. It was a one-week trip. And by the time we came back on the 15th, the world had changed. Yeah. I mean, we were great yeah. at the airport with masks and gloves and wow. you know, sprayed us down. And it was, you know, shelter in place two weeks after that. And yeah. Now we came for those of us who were in the business, January, February, up to March of 2020 was pretty good. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. We we're coming off the hangover of Harvey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 18 wasn't so great. 19 mm -hmm. started getting better. We thought, oh, thank you, Lord. All of a sudden, 2020, we've got some traction. By the time we got back, it was at a complete halt. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was fear. My wife and I were watching TV and, and sitting in the living room. And our youngest daughter was up at Baylor, finishing up at Baylor. And um, we we're sitting there and I'm watching TV on a quarter watching. And they were talking about shelter in place. And then all of a sudden it popped up essential businesses. Yeah. You guys yeah. remember this? Yeah. Uh, oh, is yeah. that a joke? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Day, it cracks me up. Right? Yeah. It's God just delivering on who he was. Yeah. It says police. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. Some city workers, grocery stores, uh, emergency, like emergency vehicles, real estate. Right. Doctor. I'm like, wait, wait, what? Rewind it. Pause the TV. <laughs> what? Wait a second. How, do real, <laughs> how does real estate, you know, fare with police and fire, emergency, medical, and wow. real estate? Right. Yeah. And I looked at her. I said, this is unbelievable. Yeah. The whole world has to stay home except for us. Yeah. Wait, wait, we can go show homes. Yep. Wow. We can go meet clients. Yes. You can go to the office. First of all, that was complete freedom because right. shelter in place, that kind of sounds like prison to me. Right. Don't leave your house. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. You want food, it's got to be brought to you. I thought, boy, this is scary. Right. For that one moment, yeah. you did step in. Like, what does this look like? I'd never been through a pandemic. Have you guys? Nope. So, uh, and, and no. <laughs> right. But when real estate popped up, I thought that's the answer right there. Right. Yeah. So right. God does not give you the spirit of fear. Mm -hmm. And now what's the power of the sound mind? All right. Now let's put a game plan together. Yeah. Mm. Got to the office and we started having meetings and 20 was one of our best years. Oh my God. 21 was off the chart. Isn't that interesting how it goes like that? Now, if you were a worker who got laid off, you probably don't say that. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the real estate industry or the mortgage industry, we know what 20 and 21 was like. Right. So uh, it was pretty amazing. But, yeah, you know, I think that if you get wrapped up in the fear, mm -hmm. if you get paralyzed by by the stimulus of what the world is saying, then you could be completely gripped by pandemic. Yeah. And then but if you see through that and then you start thinking about it, we were able to go back to work. Right? And then what did that look like? Because. That changed everything too. Right. So we just rolled up our sleeves, applied some, applied some principles, looked at the market. Rates were unbelievable in the threes. Uh, prices were down. And then the and we just started telling everybody, say, yeah. look, if you're not in a position to buy, we'll be here when you're ready. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a position to buy, know this. You will never see a time, never see a time in probably your lifetime where interest rates are this low and prices relative to where they were 
are this low. Exactly. Yeah. It just immediately went down. Right. Yeah. From, from January, February of 20 to about June of 20, mm -hmm. there was about a 25% drop in homes. Rates were, everybody's afraid to raise rates, even right. though we all knew it wouldn't stay there, right? right. We started telling people, buy as much as you can. If you're an investor, now's the time this to buy. This is the time to do it. Mm -hmm. And so it became one of the best years we ever had. Wow. And that's an interesting turn. You know, there's a law of, of, of physics, right? Gravity. What goes up comes down. But there's an economic law of physics as well. So what goes up comes down. And it usually happens so fast you don't even see it happening. It's kind of like snowfall overnight. Yeah. yeah. You wake up and go, where'd that come from? And so that's, that's, that's how these markets turn. So, yeah. you know, I have the, the, the luxury of being 64 years of age. I have the luxury of being in real estate since I was 21. I can look back from the crisis of oil in the 80s mm -hmm. in Houston to what happened in the late 90s with the tech stocks to the 2008 capital market collapse to Harvey to the pandemic and tell you guys for certain what goes up comes down right what goes down goes up so we try to get ahead of that we know when it's yeah. hot it's probably going to change and we know when it's kind of at a standstill it's going to ramp back up yeah so this is the time that we focus on success this is the time that we try to you know, get our house in order. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the way we do it. That's great. And I, I remember we had a conversation recently, Tom, just on, you know, like buying now versus mm -hmm. buying last year, buying um, next year, you know, what is something that you, you like to share, you know, with, with the, you know, real estate agents listening or, or maybe clients of ours that are listening. Um, I know you showed us a really cool diagram that we're going to try yeah, our best. Here. We're gonna try our best yeah. to get it on screen it's, later. It's, it's pretty easy math. Um, you know, our company is comprised of um, two main segments. Now we all have a license at City Real Estate, and we all do some buying and some selling. But basically, our our company's kind of split in the middle. We've got buyers reps, and we've got agents that represent builders and new home construction on-site sales specialists mm -hmm. all experts they don't get on either of those teams without being an expert being coached up. okay i was watching the buyer's agents a year ago and i was literally blown away at what buyers were doing now we weren't encouraging them to do it they of their own volition like lemmings going off a cliff right no right. disrespect right. to the people listening that bought a year ago but they bought 15, 20% above the market. Right. Now, as agents, we don't underprice homes trying to stimulate that, contrary to popular belief. Mm -hmm. You don't get a lot of listings that way. Right. That's a tough sell to a seller saying, your home's worth 400, but let's try 350 to get it up to 420. They're going to look at you like you're nuts. So with good wisdom, good information, good data, we go in and price homes at, let's just use 400,000. We use that analogy on the board. Yeah. It's an easy number to get your head around. Yeah. So 400, right? Nice first time buyer kind of environment inside the loop, Houston, Texas, 400,000. We were watching those prices go as high as 450, 460. Yeah. 12 to 15% above out in Cypress in the spring. That was the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Some of them were going five, five and a quarter. Ridiculous numbers above what the market said. Yeah. What HCAD value way, way, way beyond that you're buying so far into the future. I was looking at these contracts, just yeah. wondering, is this the counsel we're giving people? It, it, it was frightening, to be honest with you. Yes, rates were low. Yes, it was a decent payment. 
And then came no option period, appraisal waivers. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, this is so contrary to your fiduciary duty of loyalty and competence. And, and, and are, are we as a company really telling people this is a good idea? I think we just got so caught up in it. We did it. Agents made money and buyers seem to be happy because they had those good low interest rates. Yeah. Now let's project one year down the road right. to what's supposed to be a bad market or a lesser market or um, an inflated, deflated, rising interest rate market, whatever you want to call the market now. Here's what we know about the market now. That same $400,000 house is either priced lower than 400, not the 460 that somebody paid because the data really hasn't caught up yet. The people who are trying right. to sell now who bought a year ago are really struggling. So let's just say that same $400,000 house is on the market today. It's a fair argument that that house might go for five to ten percent below four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Option periods are back. Third-party finance addendums are back. The addendum to terminate based on lender's appraisal is back, and it's real-life real estate. And oh, by the way, rates have even come down since the first time we talked about right. yeah. this scenario. So let's just say this same buyer is paying two and a half percent more on the mortgage today mm -hmm. than they did a year ago. They paid 460 versus 10% less than 400, 360. There's a $100,000 difference on that same house. Now, who's in a better equity position, regardless of what the market does in the future? Yeah. When you look at the guy yeah. or the girl or the couple, the people that bought a year ago at 460 at 4% or 3.75, it doesn't matter what rates go down to. Yeah. Doesn't matter. There's no refinancing out of mm -hmm. that. We're not going to see, in my opinion, two and a half, three percent again. Right. I don't. Mm -hmm. I'd be surprised if we ever see below four and a half, five. Yeah. That's my opinion based on looking at the market. And if you look at a 50 year average in the United States of America, the interest rates average about 7.5% right. over 50 years. Right. So if inflation is driving everything up and rates are still below the 50 year average, what should everybody get their head around? And inflation is driving up the, not the value, but the price of homes. Mm -hmm. It's a big difference between value and price. But as inflation drives up the price, you're in a better equity position buying right today mm. with the ability to go in and renegotiate during repairs, with the ability to go in and renegotiate if the appraisal doesn't match, mm -hmm. with, with a reasonable period of time to close, not this bum rush that, that took place a year ago. Right on. And if this buyer who buys today or in this season, we'll call it a season, I think it's only going to last a few more months. So buyers better get out. I agree buy. completely. It, it's that. really going to turn yeah. after the first of the year. Right. I agree. Um, you know, Chicken Little was a liar. That nothing happened during the midterms. And we're still waking up and mm -hmm. driving down the street. And everything's the same um, for the most part. When rates stabilize even further and yeah. people realize they're not going up, well, then prices are going to start going back up. Right. Yeah. So look for that after the first of the year. Yeah. So yeah. right now, I can see it. Next couple of months, great, great, great time. It's the to best buy. time to buy. And if rates yeah. go down, you win all go, the way around. We'll refinance you. This yeah. is awesome. We'll just, uh, right. Refinance. And so yeah. back to real life real estate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now we're buying properties at uh, what I believe to be um, fair market value. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was fair market value a year ago. I don't. Yeah. I think you were buying way into the future. Yeah. My fear is, as we're a very transient city. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, don't quote me on this, but something like we're number three or four uh, in the country for immigration. Mm -hmm. We're number four or five in, in migration. And so we're very transient. And as we become more and more transient and people 
stay here for a little while and move or people do what they do, die, get pregnant, move, get promoted, go back to where they came from, then home sales occur. Yeah. We know that the national average for a first-time buyer is about 3.5 to four years. In Houston, it's almost half of that. It's mm. nearly half. Wow. So wow. the people that did buy last year at these crazy mm -hmm. prices, with, yeah. with now they're even putting more money in because they weren't able to do inspections, or, or if they did, they weren't able to get repairs out of the seller because the seller says, look, I got a backup offer that's more than yours that doesn't want an inspection period. Right, yeah. And we're staying around trying to tell buyers that's a good thing. So right now we're back to real life real estate. We're back to, you know, people's, and, you know, <laughs> I heard a call, we, we've got different lead generation platforms that we incorporate and we're able to listen to calls. And one of my top agents, love her to death, no disrespect, uh, took a call and it went something like this. Buyers inquiring about a home. One of my top agents says, <clears throat> wow, um, hmm, I'm reading the agent remarks. They already have multiple offers. They're taking highest and best tonight at 5 p.m. If you want to see the home, I can only tell you, you need to be prepared to make an offer today. And my recommendation is way over asking price. Would you still like to see the home? Now, can you imagine you're the person on the other side of that call? I literally was heartbroken for that person because I envision that person's been wanting to buy a home for how many years? Right. How many months? Maybe just got out of college, got their first great job or whatever yeah. the circumstances, finally got to a place where they could make a call, talk to an agent and, and maybe grasp home ownership. And that's the call you got. And that was, I thought to myself, but that's reality. That mm. was the reality a year ago. Yeah. That's not a good thing. Can you imagine that person hanging up the phone? Yeah. Hey, honey, good news, bad news. Yeah. We can see the home, but grab the checkbook. And right. uh, man, I don't know. Yeah. Man, that, wow. that's kind of disheartening, right? Yeah, yeah so, that would be hard. I mean, on the on the human element side of it. Yeah. That's that's a tough, tough place to be. Yeah, we lived we lived it. We lived it with a lot of our Yeah, we were holding clients, hand like hands with our clients. On the shoulder to cry months to buy a home. Yeah. Um I mean, even today I to I talked to a client yeah. today that was, you know, they're putting an offer on a home and there was multiple offers on it and they couldn't get it accepted. And I was like, Wow, are we already like Coming back to this, right. like listen, multiple offers are fine on tax foreclosure, but yeah, when you're talking about residential yeah. real life real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, we we encountered a builder last year that I made a personal note of <laughs> that uh was not paying realtors anything, anything. Wow, the market wow. was so hot, they wow. didn't have to zero, yeah. And I thought to myself, okay, well, that's just we're not gonna you know send up an alarm, but make a note of that builder, yeah. What happened is. The um, agent had a, a buyer's rep agreement. It was our client. And um, one weekend, our agent wasn't available. So the client went and looked at homes on their own and stumbled onto this relatively well-known builder, liked the home, put a deposit down, says, look, we've got an agent. Builder says, cool, who's the agent? Named him, great. Buyer calls the agent, says, hey, bought a house, put your name down. She says, wonderful. Calls, happened to be the same agent, and called called the builder and the builder says, oh, okay. You can be their agent. What's my commission? Zero. Why? Because I didn't bring them? No. You did everything just right. We just don't pay realtors right now. Wow. And the agent was incensed. He'd worked with this buyer for yeah. four months. So she still wow. represented the buyer. She did the best That's, she could, which is still tough with the builder. It's a builder contract. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no option for right. it. Right. Right. We did the best we could. But she yeah. counseled them and 
In fact, it reminds you was hoping the deal was going to fall through, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just because of the way the builder, not, not even the commission, just if that's their attitude, yeah. how are they treating the client? For sure. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't disturb it. But, you know, you don't want to mm-hmm. get involved in that. The, the buyer bought, but yeah. lesson learned. And, and I kind of remember that builder. I'm just wondering today what that builder is paying. Probably 3% a $10,000 BTSA. Exactly. You know, <laughs> right. Anyway, it, it is what it is. We all, we all have to. You know, we learn two ways, right? We talked about this before. You either learn through mentors or mistakes. I think that builder is going to learn through mistakes. And right on. Yeah. Should have gone talk to some of their builder friends and got some good mentorship. Right. Wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom would have been good at that point. <laughs> wisdom there. Um, so how are we on time? You good? Um. Yeah, we're good. Okay. I wanted to. Um. Got time for one more question? Yeah. Okay. So the, the this because this I keep I want to hear this. So Hannah's in a room. 10 by 12 meeting with people. There's three things, three things that she mentions that I guess are core values or, um, or what Camelot stands for. Mm-hmm. What are those three things? Uh, well, I think, I think first and foremost, we are, um, a brokerage firm that represents builders and developers extremely well. Um, when you learn how to represent a builder, you become very good at, at presenting a product, not just showing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a lot of good alliances with builders. So uh, we are a residential resale firm. Don't get me wrong, but our impetus is um, on-site sales and marketing for builders and developers. Yeah, and Builders and developers are different. We work with both. Sometimes it's one and the same, but on-site sales and marketing, builders and developers. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have an in-house land acquisition department. So we are constantly finding land that, off market, on market, or we we look at stuff that's on market that we don't think is price right. We track it, we follow it, we watch it. We concentrate on zip codes as they pair up with our builders. Yeah, right. and we go after land because we know in the model of construction there's three B's. There's the bank, the builder, the broker, and I'm the disposable piece unless I can do more than just right. represent. Every yeah. agent would like to represent a builder. Right. Well, we do. For a builder, we do marketing, which is both sales and advertising. Mm-hmm. We find them land. And then the third piece is um, from time to time with the right uh, situation and the right relationship, we'll provide the equity to the builder so that they can take down another property, a piece of land, or expand their platform. That's great. <clears throat> yeah. So it's a it's an interesting model. Um, it's not available for every builder. For sure. Um, as these relationships grow and our I don't even want to say our faith is aligned, but our our, our business ideas are aligned. Mm-hmm. And we see that they're worthy of our money. Yeah. Because yeah. my money has to first go to Caesar, second go to the Lord. So what's left is mine. I've got to be very diligent with that. Mm-hmm. And so we don't just throw that at anybody. But my daughter's elevator pitch is we do three things. We do on-site sales and marketing. We can find land for builders. And in some cases, we can provide equity. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know who else is doing that. Yeah, I I would think a lot of a lot of brokers who want to represent builders should do that. Right. Um, you know, and it all started with a, a developer, huge developer, telling me ten years ago, um, went to a nice steak dinner, at, uh, Capitol Grill, and um, Morton's. Pardon me, Morton's is off the of post oak. And he said he raised a glass of wine. He says, uh, "Congratulations, you're the only one who made money on that deal." And it was a big condo and a big condo project. And I said, "What do you mean?" And he said. I lost my shirt on that deal. He said, you know, we market this, that, we negotiate the deals. He says, you're the only one who made money. And I thought, wow. I said, well, wow. I, I'm sorry about that. I said, you know, it's not, not your fault. This is my fault. 
He says, I'm the one who you know, took on the endeavor. I says, how can we fix that? He says, I'll tell you how we can fix it. He says, next time we do a deal, put your money where your mouth is. He says, bleed with me, win with me. Mm. I sat back and I said, wow. And, you know, I had to take a deep breath and, and really step away from that dinner table and think about what, what a builder really puts into this. Yeah. I don't ever want to be just a broker who makes money. That's a right. I don't right. want to be a bookie. Win, lose, or draw, get paid. That's not what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. We're looking for strategic business partnerships where we're truly partners with them. I, I want to be able to negotiate with builders, even my fee if necessary, if the deal's spiraling out of control and they're at the risk of losing it. I, I want to be the guy who steps up and says, how can I help? What right. can, I do? can I buy yeah. a few? Can my investors buy a few? What can we do to make this go away and, and move down the road? Now, wow. This isn't a sales pitch for every builder to call and say, hey, I got one for you. It's just how we operate. Yeah, it's great. And the relationship that we, you know, we we put together, and and the, I have a great responsibility to my friends who put equity trust with us into right. these partnerships. But um, so far so good. I mean, when we find the land, yeah, and we tell the builder what we think they should build there, and they agree, so we're all in it together from the beginning. Um, so that's I think what makes our our company unique is that we have that. I will also tell you that. Uh, and this is probably going to irritate some people, but we have the best trained, best sales force in Houston, Texas to represent builders and developers. That's absolute fact. I'm, I'm going to agree. With I that. would believe it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, well, that's HAR data. That's not yeah. just you know, uh, Tom bragging. But just Tom. Tom's wisdom is uh, you're, you're coaching, oh, you're thanks. mentoring, you're teaching. Yeah. Um, so clearly, yeah. Well, we stay in the field. Uh, you know, uh, Ashley Diaz, our sales director and associate broker, daughter number two. Uh, has been trained on site, has been from the time we got fired downtown. She was sitting on the front desk. Um, we know what it takes to to represent builders and developers. So yeah. we train and coach people along those lines. So Great. It's, 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 there's three phases of selling, pre-sales, bulk sales, closeout. Most people don't even know that much. And so when we sit down and talk to builders about you know how we approach it from the beginning, uh, it resonates. Yeah. You know? Tom, thanks so much for, wow. for coming, man. Thanks for sharing your heart. Um, it really encourages us. I'm excited for the people that are going to listen mm -hmm. just to be able to just take some of this wisdom. And um, even if you can apply even one nugget of wisdom from this, you know, I think it's going to make a great difference in, in the lives of our clients, our partners, you know, our, you know, everybody that we work with. So thanks so much for coming, Tom. Hi, Tom. I'll leave you guys with this. Yeah. yeah. Thing. Yeah, I enjoyed the relationship and fun with you guys. I like y'all's heart, and uh, you know, God's gonna bless y'all. No worries. Uh, if he hasn't already, he'll continue to do so. But um, wisdom without application is just information. Yeah. So people can listen, but if they don't apply it, it's never gonna turn into wisdom. Wisdom is the kinetic act of of action, and so uh, it's a blessing to be able to do this over the years and yeah. and have this wisdom that we can impart to people. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll do it again. Oh, yeah. We'll do it. We'll, we'll do it will. again. <laughs> we will. Awesome. Thank right, you, guys. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your day. Yeah. See you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Harder Real Estate Podcast. If you found this episode thought provoking and helpful, do us a favor and share it with two of your friends. Also, feel free to leave any comments or reviews. And if you want to learn more about the Mortgage Mike Group, reach out. We'd love to connect.